Welcome to another episode of the Family Discipleship Podcast. I'm your host, Christian Horstman, and my prayer for you is that the Lord would be pleased to bless this show and use it to provide you as a Christian parent with gospel-centered, grace-driven ideas and encouragement for shepherding your children's hearts and cultivating your family's relationships with Jesus and with each other. So for today's conversation, we're going to talk about how to win the spiritual battle behind homeschooling. And I'm pleased to welcome Craig and Becky Saylor from A Better Way to Homeschool to this episode of the show. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with them, uh, Craig and Becky are a dynamic duo that are passionate about family and education. They bring a wealth of experience to the world of homeschooling, where they've embarked on a mission to help families break the chains of curriculum. Their innovative approach blends expert insights with practical strategies aiming to guide and support parents and fostering a thriving learning environment at home. Uh, together, they inspire and equip families with the tools and confidence needed to navigate the homeschool journey successfully. So I wanna encourage you, uh, our listeners, to check out their website and their social media and resources for homeschool families. And uh, of course, I'll have all the links to those uh, in the show notes with this episode. So let's get started. Um, you know, homeschooling, um, I think, you know, it's a spiritual battleground, um, ultimately. You know, a lot of people, you know, especially over the last uh, couple of years, you know, more and more people have joined the homeschool ranks, which is, you know, a good thing, I think. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm not sure, um, having the, the newer um, ranks of homeschoolers, um, I don't know that everyone always necessarily understands that, you know, homeschooling is a, a spiritual battle. You know, this, there are spiritual enemies that uh, desire to have our children's hearts and minds. And so what, um, what we're going to be talking today is, you know, kind of tools to help, you know, our children stand their ground and be ready uh, to face those spiritual enemies. Um, and we're going to kind of focus our conversation um, from, uh, you know, the armor of God analogy in Ephesians 6. Um, you know, hopefully most of us are familiar with that. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, um, you know, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, um, helmet of salvation, and sword of the spirit. Um, mm -hmm. So we're going to kind of tie in. Um, our conversation today kind of focusing on those points and how, and, you know, it's kind of an, an allegory. Um, so I just, I guess we'll start with asking, like, how do you, or why do you feel the armor of God allegory, you know, aptly applies to homeschooling? You know, like I said, it's a, it's a mm -hmm. battleground where the devil and the world are after our children. And, you know, we, as our, we, as their parents are given, uh, you know, the privilege by God to protect them and give them the tools to stand their ground. So um, how do you see that, that allegory tying in? Oh my gosh, it's 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 so key to us being Christians, number one, um, but also at, at, at the point of um, how we're supposed to nurture and teach our children and bring them up and raise them up in the Lord. And so um, one of the things that we always share with other families is, number one, husband and wife, come together, sit down, talk about your vision of where God wants you to go, what you want to do with the family and what the Lord is teaching you. That relationship with you and the Lord is number one. And so as you, as God imprints that vision on your heart and where your kids are supposed to be and what you're supposed to teach them, probably what you're going to find is the same thing that God wants to do with us. And that's where he wants to, to, to nurture us as a father as a father does a child and he the perfect example is there as he nurtures us we're supposed to be nurturing our children and we're supposed to be mirroring that action so taking that vision of exactly what we're supposed to be doing and building that relationship up with our children is going to enable us to empower our children to follow their passions their hearts to learn about the lord encourage them in the right right way as they walk through life to stay on the right path and do the right things and um 
It's not something that's just going to last during homeschooling. This is the the beginning of a relationship that's going to last your whole lifetime. And so that's what homeschooling is truly about. It's about teaching your children exactly what God wants to teach them. Those those things are important on how to get through life. And so that vision and that goal setting is extremely important uh, to to stay on track in the long run within homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I've done uh, some talks um, in other places before um, kind of, you know, talking about that, you know, homeschooling is so much more than just, you know, the mere <laughs> academics, you know, <laughs> the mere yeah. book learning and, 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 you know, homework assignments and stuff like that. It's, it's so much more. And so, yeah, you're right. It's, it's a life, uh, it's a lifestyle. It's not, you know, just, uh, you know, with our homeschool hours, it's, it's definitely a lifestyle. So um, that's awesome. So let's jump into like the armor of God analogy. Um, so we've got, um, you know, the belt of truth and I think we've corresponded that with cultivating a love for learning. So how can we inspire um, you know, like a genuine love of learning in a child, especially one who seems a bit apathetic toward, ap- toward academics. There are three stages of homeschool. The first stage is the foundation stage where kids learn to read and understand that numbers, you can do stuff with numbers. Right. Then there's this beautiful stage called flourishing and fun. Mm-hmm. And then the very last stage is called the launching stage where kids are launched into life toward whatever it is the Lord has designed for them. The way that you can cultivate a love for learning in kids is to lean into that flourishing and fun stage because once they can read, the reality is is that the kids are being raised in this world where they have supercomputers in their hands or they have access to supercomputers. Mm -hmm. Most homeschoolers trip over curriculum in that middle stage because curriculum is dead and boring and dry because it's not written for that particular child. So the way that you can cultivate a love of learning and set them up for success is to wrap academics around things that they're interested in, things that you're interested in, pulling out lessons from the word, pulling out lessons from life, and it's beautiful. So cultivating a heart, leaning into what they love. And we I call it a learning burrito. You take something that they love and you wrap academics around it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And, and you know, and again, I've talked about this before too, but you know, that's just that's the you know, one of the main big differences, not the only one, but one of the big ones between you know homeschooling and the public school is that yeah, you know, everything is just you know, it's one size fits all approach and it's, you know, our yeah. children are not one size fits all. So yeah, no, that's, no, I love not. that. Yeah. So um, I'm just going to pick a subject like in particular. So like uh, reading, like what tips would you have for making reading in particular uh, more engaging and enjoyable for a reluctant learner? The kind of reality, in that burrito style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Burrito style is uh, leaving kids hanging in a story, especially reluctant leaders, readers, You want to find captivating, action-packed stories that have cliffhangers, and you get all the way to the cliffhanger, (laughs) and then you're like, oh, that's all the time we have for today, and you close the book. So what you're looking to do is to make kids, wait, I want to hear more, and then you just let it marinate, and that works every single time. The other piece of it, though, is we... When in coaching homeschoolers, some homeschoolers, they don't like read alouds. They don't like to read stories to their kids. So we encourage them to tap into audiobooks 
but to do the same thing, to be paying attention to when your kids start to lean into a story. And that's where you take a break right there because you want them to be wanting more. So that, that's our trick. Yeah, you're so mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, used to, I used to hate that when my mom would read to us and she'd do that and be like, you can't stop there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You can't stop there. Exactly. And so. then you leave, you can even leave the book out. One of, one of our sons, we were reading a story and he was reluctant and I got him hooked. <laughs> and then I'm like, that's all. But then I left the book out knowing that he would pick it up and, and pre-read what we were uh-huh. going to do. Yeah. But that's the goal is to get them to fall in love with reading. So, right. Right. No, I love that. I love that. All right. So let's, uh, the next one on our list is the breastplate of righteousness. So, um, we've, we've connected that with like, you know, nurturing connections and relationships. And mm-hmm. this is probably, uh, one of my favorites, if not my favorite aspects of homeschooling is, you know, it's, it's relationship-based education again, different from the public school approach where it's, you know, one size fits all, you know, curriculum academics, and that's it. You know, homeschooling is the total opposite of that. And, you know, parents get to have, you know, a relationship and build that relationship with their child. So what would be um, some of your best practices or best tips for fostering, you know, really close parent-child relationships, especially um, if you're in a family with a really, really, really busy schedule? (laughs) Probably the most important thing um, that we do is, um, which I think is extremely healthy to do, not only mentally, but with your heart, excuse me um you want to be able to go off on adventures um but find the kids passions you know if they love biology you know maybe go down to a stream where salmon are are going down the stream and maybe you're pouring baby salmon into the stream so they come back you know five ten years later and you do things that they love and you enable that time where they're going to open up to you Mm because as parents we want to be able to talk to our children. We want to hear from them just like our father in heaven does about everything from, you know, what went bad, what's going right, what's hard, what's good, what everything. It doesn't matter. We want to hear so we can guide and encourage and strengthen. And so building that relationship up with your children is the key to what's needed within their lives to build confidence in everything that they do in following the Lord and just going through life and dealing with the different pressures that they're going to deal with throughout life. And it's extremely important. The breastplate is, I mean, that's where all your organs are. That's where your heart's at. That's where your lungs are at. It's, this is how you live is all these important things um, to be able to keep your body moving and moving in that, in that direction that the Lord wants you to. So this is crucial. This is the foundation of your journey and what you need to do with your kids, figure out what their passion is love on them, go walk with them and be an active listener in their lives. And that's the hard part because we're so about ourselves. We want to talk about ourselves and what we're doing, but that active listening is going to help you build that relationship up with your children, understand what they're going through. And the more and more that you listen, the more you're going to find that, wow, they're going to open up in that sweet spot, maybe going for a hike, yeah, starting it off with prayer and then just hiking and just listening. And little things like that or mountain biking or fishing or picking flowers or messing in the garden or doing whatever. So (laughs) 
Yeah. Right. Right. Well, that kind of answers my second question because I was going to be, I was going to ask like, you know, what are some specific ways that, you know, you can incorporate that like, you know, specifically practical application into, into your schedule. But uh, you, you kind of gave a few examples there. And I love um, how I, I keep hearing, hearing this pattern from both of you, um, you know, that this relationship that we're building with our children is ultimately mirroring, you know, a, the relationship that God wants to have with us and ultimately with our children too. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I love that. So that, that's, that's awesome. So um, let's see, number three, um, you know, our feet uh, in different translations have it, you know, put different ways, um, but uh, you know, like our feet, uh, you know, dressed up with the, the shoes of peace. Um, you know, I think it's kind of how the King James <laughs> puts it. Um, so like embracing flexibility, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what we've connected it with here on our outline. So how do you recommend, um, adjusting your teaching methods when necessary, you know, to suit different learning styles or, you know, uh, maybe different things that come up in your family. <laughs> it definitely goes back to the other point of identifying what makes your kids' hearts tick, mm -hmm. being a student of your, of your student so that you can see just in our own home, we have five sons and they are each so uniquely and wonderfully knit together but they all have very unique, different passions, talents, and abilities. So the idea in flexibility is to see what makes them excited and then be flexible with how you address teaching them in that area. For instance, our oldest is a historian brain. And when he was in eighth grade, he wanted to be a, a high school history teacher. So we pushed aside formal history and we created an outline for him so that he could walk through history himself and create future files for his future class of things that he would want to teach with the conversation of, if you decide to not be a, a professor, will this time have been wasted? And he said, no. And I said, why? And a lesson from his dad, because I had a goal and I moved toward the goal. So we raised up a historian, a screenwriter, producer, a musician, a mathematician, scientist <laughs> against my will. I had no <laughs> desire to go that deep. And our last son, if there's a position out there for a professional pogo stick, jumping, soccer, playing rower, business <laughs> owner, we raised that too. The flexibility <laughs> came in seeing what the kids were excited about, and then finding ways, uh, circling back to what Craig said, we have master homeschool goals that have nothing to do with curriculum. Our goals have been the same since Craig helped me dry my tears at the beginning of homeschooling, that we share our faith with our kids and everything that we do, mm -hmm. that they master their basic math facts, that add, subtract, multiply, divide, the stuff they'll need in life that we would marinate them in excellent literature and that they would become excellent communicators, mm -hmm. both in the written and the oral form. Mm -hmm. So everything that we did embraced flexibility through the lens of, are we moving towards our goals? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally, totally. And and I like how you said that, you know, the goal, you know, because ultimately, and I just saw something that, that was saying this the other day too, but it's like, you know, we, we can do the, the perfect job, you know, raising children, you know, academically speaking, but if they miss the ultimate goal, you know, which is heaven, then yeah, you know, none of the rest of it's going to matter anyway. Exactly. So yeah, exactly. yeah, totally. So, and so what, the did, one time, uh, oh, 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's the one time yeah, you have in life to be able to do it, right? It's, yeah. Yep. You don't want to lose that opportunity. No. It's, it's nope. critical. So it is. It's not coming back again. So <laughs> you got one shot. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. So um, maybe just in your family in particular, what does a good rhythm um, between structure and flexibility look like, you know, just on a normal day to day? We focused on a flow in our day rather than a schedule in our day. And we were very tuned to identify if something was busy work versus if it was really leaning into what the kids loved or leaning into our master homeschool goals. The way that it really worked for us was that Craig has the ability to look at what we're doing in a day and see the fluff and say, this is not necessary. What's going on with the heart? And I think that we had just an incredible um, team effort in that he could help me see when I was being too rigid and focused on things that the kids needed to do versus are we raising them up to be the men that they are supposed to be. So we embraced flexibility by having a flow and then just, just repeating it, just being flexible. If it wasn't working, we stopped, we would go outside, we'd go on a hike, we'd go explore, we would uh, do boot camps, where the kids would practice how to clean a bathroom over and over again, we just embraced what was going on in the moment, knowing that our goal wasn't to be doing academics all day, but to be spending time with the kids, moving forward and learning, moving towards the goals, knowing that the end of the line is really it's a long journey, right? You don't teach your kids everything they need to know on Tuesday. It's by the time they graduate high school. Mm -hmm. So there's no rush, right? No, there's, yeah. not. No, there's not. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's not good when you try to rush things that aren't, aren't coming yeah. naturally. No, <laughs> I've done that before. It, it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> turn out right. <laughs> so no, that's, that's good. And that's one of the beauties of homeschooling too. You know, if it's, if it's not working, you can change it. You know, it's not, <laughs> it's not set in stone. This is not going to be the end of the world. If it's not working, change it. So I love that. All right. So let's talk about um, uh, the shield of faith and uh, it corresponds with confidence building. So how, um, how can we affirm our children's God-given gifts to, you know, instill confidence, you know, in those gifts that God has given them? Oh my gosh. Um, the analogy that keeps coming to my head right away is <clears throat> my pastor, Richard, uh, back from Escondido Calvary Chapel. Um he talked about how rabbis would teach others um, and mentor others as they go through. And they, they taught just like Jesus did. Right. So, and it's the same, same way with us. It's as you walk through everyday life, um, you want to test to see if a door is open. You have to first step into the door path and open it and see if it's open. Right. And if it's not, and if it's closed, praise God and praise God through all circumstances. And so you're building that confidence and allowing them to see, wow, this is how you do it. This is, it's okay to take that step in for it to be closed. It's okay that that happened and praise God for that because you're not supposed to be there and he's protecting you from those instances, right? And so it's really that simple to where we're relying everything on the Lord and we're just following and staying in tune. Probably the biggest key here, though, is understanding their heart mm -hmm. and something that's the only way that I've been able to figure out the best way to see it every day, learning how to journal. Mm -hmm. And 
you journal um, every day, spend time with the Lord, journal every day. It's extremely healthy for you, uh, for your mind, for your heart, and for what the Lord's shown you and for what you're seeing in yourself. And what I've taught my kids is on the left-hand side, write exactly what the Lord shared with you that day. Just take 15 minutes and share exactly what the Lord shared with you, the verse and everything else, and what you believe being printed on your heart. On the right-hand side, write exactly what you're feeling. Don't hold back. Write exactly what you're feeling. And you're going to see the difference between over time, go back and read your journal, what's truly of you and what's your heart and your ways compared to what's God's ways and what was truly from the Lord. And so over time, you'll start to see those paths of what the Lord's sharing you, sharing with you and the paths that you need to take and how to step forward and what you can trust. And that builds confidence in them. I've seen each of my boys, all five of my boys do this. And I learned this from a pastor down in Oregon, uh, Pastor John Corson. And um, it's been phenomenal. I've, I've used it throughout mentoring and helping others. And um, over time, you start to see yourself compared to God speaking to you. And there's a very big, clear difference in building that confidence of who you really are in the Lord. Mm -hmm. I love that. Love that, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I like I like what you said about the closed door uh, a lot. And and again, you know, just drawing from my uh, limited experience, but <laughs> um, I've, I've had some of those too. And then it's like, you know, at the time, it was like, you know, God, why didn't that work out? But uh, then you look back at it later, it's like, yeah, probably a better better thing after all. <laughs> so, so no, I love that. I love that. So we've talked, um, we've talked about cultivating a love for learning. We've talked about nurturing uh, connections and relationships. We've talked about embracing flexibility and about confidence building. So we have three more uh, topics we're going to cover. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back to those. Shortly after the British pastor G. Campbell Morgan got married, his father visited their London apartment for dinner. Dr. Morgan eagerly asked for his father's thoughts on their new home. After a moment of silent reflection, he told his son, it's very nice, but I didn't see one thing in it to indicate that it's a Christian home. The decorations we choose for our home serve as visual expressions of our passions and commitments. When scripture verses fill prominent places that are easily seen around our house, it becomes unmistakably clear that our home is a place where Jesus is loved and his presence dwells. Immersing our families in the Word of God should be an important part of our daily lives, which is why I want to share a beautiful set of Bible verse posters to help your family do just that by showcasing 12 beloved quotations from the words of Jesus in the Gospel of John. Each poster features a carefully selected verse highlighted in a vibrant background that will add beauty and biblical inspiration to the walls of your home. So head over to familydiscipleshippodcast.net slash John to see all the designs. And for listeners of this show, you can use the code podcast to unlock a special 20% discount just for my listeners here. These posters are available for immediate downloads. So you can print them, frame them, and hang them in prominent places around your house. Go to familydiscipleshippodcast.net slash John. Use the code podcast for 20% off and mark your home as a sanctuary where the Lord's word is loved and treasured as the foundation of your family's relationship with him. All right, welcome back. And uh, we're going to plow into the next three uh, parts of our outline. We've talked about cultivating a love for learning. We've talked about nurturing relationships, embracing flexibility, and uh, building confidence in our children. Um, so now we're going to switch to... Um, a piece of the, of the armor of God, the helmet, um, uh, we're going to talk about cultivating critical thinking. 
So what activities um, can build critical thinking skills across you know, the academic subjects that we cover? My, my favorite are things that I've learned from Craig and other homeschool mentors, and that is to not give your kids all the answers, especially as they get older. Mm -hmm. You ask open-ended questions and become very comfortable with what we call pregnant pauses, mm -hmm. where the kids get uncomfortable and then tell you what they want to know. The It's amazing how brilliant our kids are. We were, I was on a walk with one of my sons and we had walked for a couple of weeks before he trusted me with what he wanted to do with the rest of his life. He was about 14. And he said, I want to be a cardiothoracic surgeon. He's changed his mind since then, but he wanted <laughs> to be a cardiothoracic surgeon. And I said, really, how can we help you get there? And then I went quiet. And he went on to say, I hate to say it. I need more math. I need more science. I want to study how to get into medical school, how to study medical school. And he just immediately had all of these thoughts pour out. The idea with critical thinking is to give your kids space to problem solve and then to coach them when things don't go right. You know, and that could be as simple as a Lego design that explodes on the floor because they tripped and fell or asking them how you can help them get to a certain goal. It's really just that openness and letting them, you you watch them to squirm a little bit and then you feed them a little bit to help nudge them. And yeah, so yeah. that's what yeah. we've done. <laughs> right, right, no, no, that's, that's good. I was just interviewing someone the other day and they, they said pretty much the same thing. It was like, you know, it's, it's, you know especially when they get older, you know, um, yeah. you know, and there's, there's, you know, an element of, of guiding them, you know, to, to making those thought decisions and stuff like that. But, you know, ultimately, yeah, you know, let them, you know, problem solve and encourage them, you know, to come yes. up with a, a solution to, you know, whatever, whatever the, the issue or the question is in, in hand. So that's, yes. that's awesome. So do uh, you have any tips or ideas on how we can foster gentle, like open-mindedness while, while still standing strong? Um, you know, because you know, especially when you're talking to your, your children, you know, um, sometimes we have to correct their way of thinking, you know, to make it more line up with a biblical worldview. So um, how, no, how do you, perfect. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I asked the wrong people then. <laughs> no. The idea, yeah. the idea is to um, ask questions that require them to, to think. Right. And so one of the things that we did was if the kids were behaving in a way that was contrary to biblical mindset is that we would set up practice sessions so you observe your kids, you identify, ooh, we're being unkind. And so now you create a little practice session. After breakfast the next day, you sit in the living room and then you practice doing it right, doing it wrong, using your best Jim Carrey overacting skills and making it fun and engaging. The idea is to observe, identify something that needs tweaking, and then to find a time where everybody's happy, fed, and rested, and to practice what it looks like. And that will get you way down the road versus trying to correct them in the moment of drama, if that makes sense. So. Right. No, it makes total mm -hmm. sense. It makes total mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so next on our list, we have the sword of the spirit and, uh, and, you know, most commentators you know, talk about that being, re you know, representing the word of God, you know, the word is, is a two-edged sword, right? <laughs> um, so that we, that corresponds, uh, I think in our outline here with equipping understanding. So how can we equip our children with biblical wisdom and discernment, um, in order to analyze ideas and, uh, and kind of like you're saying a minute ago, you know, to, to critically think and answer some of those hard questions. Yeah, I think, I think the best way is to. You know, you, you think of when you're making tea, you have hot water okay. and you have a tea bag and you're steeping that tea bag in that hot water. The water being God's word or, or I mean, the Holy Spirit being um, the tea bag and the hot water being you. And all of a sudden you're going to take on that fragrance. You're going right. to take on that wisdom. You're going to take on, you know, um, that understanding that's needed. And so the, to me, the only way to be able to do that moving forward is to steep into God's word, to steep heavily into God's word, to implant it inside of your heart, inside of your mind, inside of your soul, to where you're repeating it over your, your mouth daily. And so memorizing God's scripture is key. There's a great app, app it's called Memory Verses on um on phones and different places you can go and there's actually different structures so to me matthew 22 30 uh 36 through 38 where god is talking to um the lawyers and lawyers are trying to trick him jesus jesus was the first great commandment <laughs> first greatest commandment is to love your god with all your heart with all your mind and with all your soul this is the first and great commandment and so by doing that, we're applying God's word in our hearts. We can bring up that memory verse as the Holy Spirit calls it upon our hearts and you're implanting it in your children. They're never going to forget that. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, when you're out mountain biking and you're, you know, there's a line and you're running that race, that's a race of endurance. And you're like, you're waiting for what words you're going to hear in heaven mm -hmm. when you cross that line, you know, well done, good and faithful servant, right. you know, so start planting those things in your children's hearts because later on they're going to come up and they're going to be like wow mm -hmm. that's what i need to do they're going to have that discernment to know what to do going forward right yeah absolutely absolutely so what conversations can we have with our children that would kind of help build um you know some of that spiritual understanding about you know discerning separating truth from you know deception oh my gosh yeah that that to me is it can be it's really personal right the the journey with the Lord is really personal. And so you got to have those conversations with your children. Are you spending time with the Lord every day? Are you, are you sitting down and handing over your heart? You can see exactly where your children's hearts are at just by looking at them. God gives us parents, I don't know, spiritual wisdom to be able to see their hearts and yeah. exactly how they're going to do that day. Right? right. And so you can tell if your child's been soaked in God's word that day. And if not, encourage them before you do anything else. I recommend that you go sit down and spend some time with the Lord and then see the difference afterwards. And then ask them, do you, do you see the difference in your life? You know, and to have that relationship, to have those conversations, you, you have to be willing to listen to your children, spend time with them. This is the time that God's given you to encourage them, strengthen them and help them down that path. Do everything possible to not drop that time to stay, to stay with them and encourage them to, Right. To use the Lord to walk. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank you. And let's see, last uh, thing on our outline and one more question. <laughs> so uh, how often would you recommend regularly reevaluating your homeschool methodology to, you know, confirm that it's still working and, you know, kind of like we were saying, you know, 
if it needs to change, we can change it. So how often do you like doing it, recommend doing a checkup or, you know, lack of a better word? <laughs> checkup is a good word. It's, yeah. a, it, it is personal depending on your family because right. sometimes life will dictate we need to reevaluate what we're doing because a big life event will happen. Mm. But at least a couple times a year, right? Because you walk into homeschooling all dreamy eyed, everything's rosy, the kids mm -hmm. are going to be great, I'm going to be great, everything's going to be great. <laughs> and then the kids walk into the room and reality right. sinks in. At least um, the first few months of homeschool are kind of hiccupy because you're trying to figure out if what you're doing is working. Right when you settle into things, working the holidays come and disrupt everything that's a really good time to reevaluate <laughs> is over the holidays and then um, in the summer when you can reflect but again if something happens or if the curriculum is or what you're doing is draining the joy out of your heart it's causing contention and frustration for your kids then that's always a time to reevaluate what they're doing not just on a Tuesday, like it's okay if Tuesday's bad, but if you have a couple bad days in a row or a couple really hard days in a row, in a row, push everything aside and reevaluate. So, yep. Right. No, no, that, that's, that's very wise. So, you know, and again, you know, if it, you have, have it on your schedule, I guess, but you know, be open to changing. Like I said, open. something's not working reevaluate it and change it. So yes. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Well, before we wrap up, um, I, I do know you guys have uh, a life coaching for homeschoolers program called homeschool Olympians. Can you take just a moment and tell us uh, a little bit more about that and tell our audience where they can find it and learn about it. By the time we got to the end of 25 years of homeschooling, it's like we could see through all the fluff. We could see through all the things that didn't work. We had successfully launched all five kids into life and had been coaching homeschoolers for over a decade. And we've pulled together the golden nuggets of the things that really work, the things that build stronger connections with your kids, that break the chains of curriculum, that bring joy into your home, that help you get your routines under control, that help you laser focus on character and heart. And we've encapsulated it into a three-part coaching. It's life coaching. The first piece is a six-week masterclass, which completely transforms your mind, gets your routines under control, gets you focused on character, and gives you the tools to bring learning to life through hands-on projects. There's a group coaching element where we meet regularly as a group of all Olympians, where we address what's going on in the trenches right now, so you get help in real time. And then there's the opportunity to get one-on-one -on -one coaching every quarter, depending on what you're really dealing with, like lesson planning, character issues, it changes for everybody, but it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. We absolutely love everything about it. It's yeah, it, amazing. So it sounds wonderful. And, uh, and for our listeners, I will have the link to that in uh, the show notes for this episode. So please go and check that out. Um, we are about out of time for today. So before we wrap up, I just want to thank both of you, Craig and Becky, for coming on the show today. It's been such a pleasure uh, hearing you talk and share, our, share your heart with our listeners. You've been listening to the Family Discipleship Podcast. I truly hope that you've been blessed and encouraged by the things we've covered today. 
and I'd love to hear your feedback, questions, or even suggestions for a particular guest or topic that you would like to see featured on a future episode. Feel free to email host at familydiscipleshippodcast.net, and don't forget to follow the show on social media and subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss new episodes as they're released. I hope you'll be able to join us again next week, but in the meantime, I pray that the Lord will continue to bless your family as you endeavor to shepherd your children's hearts and cultivate your family's relationships with Jesus and with each other.